Okay. Okay. Good evening. Uh, good. 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 It's been good being here. Um, I, I'm. I'm a little allergied or something. I'm sneezing a lot. I don't know where that came from. But um, so, if if I pause in mid read uh, to sneeze or anything like that, well, you'll notice. Um, <laughs> but I'm just. I'm just explaining why, and. Um, and hopefully I won't spit on you. Um, so, 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 like I said, it's, it's good being here. The odd thing about being here is um, it, it forces you to ask the question um, about how we value art and, and art's function. Um, because there's something that could be called decadent about an existence uh, where you can come for a month or, or more and just devote your time to your craft. But the only reason why we perceive of it as decadent is because of evil non-artists who have <laughs> perpetuated the notion that it's, what we're doing is, is a luxury rather than something necessary and valuable to our world. And um, my feeling is the opposite. My feeling is that if if... If, it be, if being in a space like this allows us to create um, quickly and with energy and with, with power, then these places should exist and, and um, for, for the sake of the world we live in, for the sake of our societies and our, and our lives. Um, so, so, yeah, but... Like I said, there are those evil non-artists around who just don't seem to, to, to agree with me, but screw them. Um, I'm going to read what, what, what writers falsely call new poems. Um, and typically a writer will say this is new poetry and as if they just wrote it last night. Um, and they're going to read it to you now. We tend not to do that. Um, typically, this, the, so these poems I'm reading are not published. <laughs> So that's why they're new. Um, and they're part of a, a major sequence. And I just decided tonight to read this. I've been trying to decide what to read. And I decided tonight to just read work that I'm still sort of working through and, and dealing with. Um, and they're part of a, a very ungodly, I would say, you should say ungodly Lee, but that doesn't sound right. So. I'll just say ungodly, but you can add the lily um, to it. Um, long sequence of poems uh, responding to the work of August Wilson, uh, the, the, the remarkable African-American playwright uh, who, uh, whose ten-play cycle, the century cycle, uh, follows the life of African-Americans for the 20th century. Each decade, a play represents... The, the decade. Uh, and I've been moved tremendously by his work. And I decided on one of those weird whims to, to just write um, poems responding to Wilson's plays. Um, and the, the danger of writing poems to plays is that you, you, um, it seems redundant. I mean, what's the point? He's written the plays. Um, but 
it's what the plays do to me and trigger the ideas and so on. And, and, and Wilson's body of work is so complex and so wide-ranging. Ranging. And for me, it's interesting to enter what I think is his diaspora vision um, uh, and how he engages the African diaspora without ever mentioning Africa, per se. And, and, and for me, I find a place in it. So these poems, I suspect, will, will follow that. Um, so I'm just going to read these poems, you know, and hopefully you will, you will, you'll find them engaging. Um, crossroads. Lie down. Lie down and live as quiet as a bone. Once Below a Time by Dylan Thomas. This is the dark of Babylon. Tawny prairie lands, dull with light snow. The sky heavy with gloom. My mornings continue the nightmare of cold eating away at the rack of my body. So dry, so bleak, so complete. The devil is at the crossroads. Would have preferred to meet my panting father, his eyes so long emptied of hope. He couldn't even get drunk right. How they made him like this. His last dream blighted by the thud on his flimsy wall. The foreman's bark, the burden of cotton. The truth that there is nothing but a beast's emptiness to his life, caged in the limits of his district, caged by the rituals of burying the dead long before they have died caged by the hunger of children. Good God, even the nastiest sinner knows not to go get drunk in the steamed up chapel where Jesus promises a party in the here after. Wish it was my papa, with his big hands, with his fist full of his fat dick, asking me if I have a problem, if he can taste some of my girl's cream, maybe find his way to heaven before I do, and he beat me off her, dropped his overalls, and made her go mute in dust beneath the towering elms, the horse scrawny as these bodies of ours, ritualizing the way a man becomes a man. I had to whip him had to beat on him, had to make blood come from my father's head, had to watch him crawl up against a tree and look at me and tell me he will never see me no more, never feed me no more, like it was the biggest relief of his life, like he had been waiting all his life to cut me off of him for good. And that girl, gathering her things, told me to stay and make it right. She said, it would be foolish to starve over some country pussy. It ain't nothing, she said. Just plain stupid to think a nigger girl needs a hero like I ain't never been screwed by Satan looking for some heaven in these ragged, in this ragged edge of life. I wish it was my daddy at the crossroads waiting for me, but it wasn't, he wasn't there. It was just the devil. And he got mad because I wasn't scared of him. And I told him to do his worst. What can a fool do to me? in this cold place where everything is dark and home don't have a sound no more. So tired, dear God. 
I'm so damn tired deep down in my bones. I'm so tired of walking hard, so tired of walking through this Babylon land. <clears throat> this is a long sequence um, of poems. I think they're sonnet-like. There's an artist in South Carolina called Jonathan Green, a remarkable painter. And um, he has a painting called Seeking. Jonathan Green is, is a Gullah man from the Geechee lands. This is the, the coastal regions of the Sea Islands in South Carolina. And as a child, he went through an initiation that probably came from Senegal, where they are sent out into the bushes for, 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 for about five days to, 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 to meet the spirit. And he went through that ritual, and then when he returns, he's baptized and blessed and so on. And this is his painting of that, that spirit walk. Um, just something, you know, South Carolina's Geechee or Gullah people have probably the strongest retention of African traditions uh, than anywhere else in the United States of America. Um, and this is not well known because they don't want people to know that. So when you go down there, they say they don't know what you're talking about. But they protect it. So this sequence of poems is, is for, for his, his, his painting, Seeking. It's called Open Spaces. I've never read this out loud before, so have fun. <laughs> Open Spaces, one. Deep in the dank forest, you can smell the salt and rot of the coast. A memory of another shore returns familiar as shells. You see around the roots of the old growth trees, the sandy earth here deep in the green, you find shelter in darkness. A man strips to his firm nakedness, washes clean by the creek, burns old clothes, stands in the muggy air waiting for his skin to dry before he dons his robes, starts to dance, cursing out of him the din of betrayals and hexes. He feels his heart's chaos. He knows the language of the dead, hears the old bones stirring on the calm seabed. Two, after crowding of trees and bush, after heavy stench of bodies breathing in a dark shack, after the heavy clouds hammer hard on our heads in this storm season, after the barks of hounds closing in, the report of gunfire, the hunters and the hunted, after the fenced-in breathlessness of this farm boy's fear, he looks for the open fields of cotton. Dense avenues frighten him. Avoid those, avoid too the mountains, too morose for laughter. He finds peace in the sweet-smelling green of fresh-mown ballparks, their order, how a voice carries for yards without returning, everything clean as a new morning before the body recalls its weight. He seeks now the absence of walls. Three, this entanglement of limbs in deep August Everything grows dark with heat. The swamp smells of rotting flesh and the stewing lust of youth trying to return to the cramped enclosure of all beginnings. 
From here, everything is shadow and ghost. The body being, uh, the body ahead, going ahead looks familiar. You follow, stare ahead, trying to make out the features muddied by the dusk. For decades after, this will be your constant nightmare. The fleeing form, the question hanging over you, you dumbly following, the bloody flesh underfoot, the storm overhead, the distance between knowing, the constant fear, your soft heart hardening. For after you have broken your father with your hands, killing is easy. The killing itself is hard. Bodies are solid things. They don't break easy. They stand. Most blows, but eventually they grow weary, give up, lose all their fight. It is the labor that is hard, but to kill, the thought of it, after you heard your father beg, holler for your mercy, after you have made him crap himself for fear of you, that part is easy, just a matter of time before some fool will walk into your rage and find no mercy on the other side. It's just a matter of a tool swung right and death happens. In your head, it's like breathing since everything's already dead. Five. And the penitent can feel the silk of sweat under his arms, the funk of manhood after labor. He has already learnt the beat of desire, the clamor of hunger in his blood. The penitent is pointed to the west where the dense forest hoard deep fears and the whoop of crackers beating their chest at the blooding of dare and sometimes the fears of a wayward negro caught up in lies deep in the forest. The elders say, you'll find your truth. This penitent learns to fly over the overgrown paths, to stand still and listen for the calm voice of God in the wind, the markings in the sky like blood. Six. There is always someone in the shadows ahead, slipping in and out of light. The artist can lose his way in these groves of ancient trees, circling back, trying to fight the urge to return to the clearing. He looks for light, the way rays break through the babel of leaves and branches, and soon there is only the dull blue of peace where the shadow launches into a dance of welcome. The artist paints a spirit-filled green prayer lost in the consuming and un unsettling bliss of recognition, the canvas growing into a pathfinder, the sun falling. Um, in Wilson's play, Fences, um, Troy, the lead character, who was played brilliantly, at, at least in one iteration, by James Earl Jones, is a, is a, is a baseball player. And he's a baseball player with the tragic condition of all wannabe uh, um, athletes, of somebody who could have been a contender. 
but he failed to be a contender, not because of the failing of his talent, but the, 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 the unfortunate timing of his, um, his arrival. He arrived when, when the Negro League, when the, the, the baseball was welcoming, was starting to, to, to hire um, blacks to play in the major leagues. Um, but he was just a little too old to make it into the major leagues. And he wasn't smart as such a page to lie about his age. Um, so, so he's constantly looking at what is happening with the baseball and saying, that could have been me. You know, and so there's, there's that. And so in the play, his metaphor is constantly um, a, a sports metaphor. Um, you know, three strikes, you're out, you know, touching base and all that kind of thing. So this poem is called Hitter. You chop enough wood, handle cows and drag horses, make a farm, understand the rhythms of season, study the sky for each change of wind to teach you whether your next year will be lean with starving, take the blows on your skin, learn to build a fence, dig the hole, shape the timber into neat cylinders to line for miles the limits of your universe. Your body understands the value of food, the falling that makes your, you lean, Learn to stand firm, your thighs clumps of sturdiness. Give me the piece of shaped willow. Let me hold it like an axe and swing against the wind. I can make a ball rise into the sky. Feel the breath of power through me, this gift of callous fingers and the rhythm of the wind lining up against me. This is the art I learn in the dawn while my body heaves and settles the swoop of the axe through the air to find the growing wedge in the wood, the efficiency of slaughter, the thorough unheralded act of order. This is the art of a hitter. All sound, the rhythmic thuds, the clunk of chickens, the trains hooting, the trucks grumbling towards the north, eating out the highway away from these moribund fields, the fat, loud harmonies of the dust bowl church in the valley, my child's persistent wail, the women calling my name the crude, unfettered howl of a crowd finding something to praise despite the hunger and fear. All sound rests on my damp skin like a blanket of dust, and when the soft, sweet spot finds the ball rotating before me as if charmed, and when it lifts and is carried beyond us all, there is a leap of the heart and the reassurance we all must feel to see a man's body working as it ought. <clears throat> the things you forget in jail. Mostly words that when spoken will soften your chest, make you think of other mornings ahead. You forget them slowly, but the dull pale wood panels, the rust in the hinges, the thick scent of old food, men's crutches, and heavy duty cake soap, they fill the space where words you had 
were. All these new words become your music. Foot, sore, rat, booze, crap, shank, cigarette, runs, anything to make you hard. Mostly the names of things that grow without you. Words of an old woman in a gigam skirt catching dirt and the leeching of prickles and weeds, names she offered with a pointed finger, then talking the name in her fingers, she said, smell, and you did, and you travel to a place that understands the sweet heave of stomach waking up with hope, ginkgo, magnolia, honeysuckle, camellia, azalea, wisteria, the music of mint, ginger root, garlic, sweet onion, the texture of soil steamed in crack, the sweet promise of good earth. You forget that you could walk through a forest and find meaty mushrooms or the flower to fill your mouth with sweet petals. Mostly, you forget that you have forgotten until one day you look at the callus in your palms and ask yourself what you know, and you know that you have forgotten the curve of a woman's belly, the iron funk of her thighs, the tiny lumps on her nipples, the light in her fingers, the taste of her skin, the slippery oil of her desire, and you know you knew nothing, and this is the truth of your hopelessness. Now, how much you have forgotten, how much you must forget to find peace with the body's need. Um, you know, Wilson's plays are very subtly, they, they tell the narrative of the industry of penitentiaries and prisons and their inextricable connection to African Americans, to blacks in this country. And um, the idea of freedom and being out, the idea of separation, the idea of a culture of imprisonment transforming the life outside of prison is, is a big part of his work. The other part of his work is the music, blues. And the blues is, is part of a rhythmic pattern that comes out of the African experience and it creates the rhythm that we call stop time. And stop time is almost as if there is a gap in the music. It's, a, it's an illusion of, of, of the gap, but it, you, you move into the gap. Um, and you hear it in certain kinds of music. You know the clave, when it goes... You see, it's kind of that, that, that... But it's still on time, but it has that feel of a space, the gap. And in reggae music, for instance, it's... So if you can't dance to that rhythm, you fall on your face. Um, so stop time is, is a very spiritual space, the space in between. And so this is a poem called Stop Time. Stop time. Stop time, there is a grunt in the gap. Stop time, 
there's a head nod in the gap. Stop time, there's a hallelujah in the gap. Stop time, there's a shudder in the gap. Stop time, there's a well in the gap. Stop time, there's a hiccup in the gap. Stop time, got a foot shuffle in the gap. Stop time, there's a bright light in the gap. Stop time, there's a breath in the gap. In the congregation, the rigid law of time is shattered by that sudden stop, that breaking of all order, making someone stumble as if they don't know the path, making a body wander at the space left, the emptiness so sudden, so, so sudden, so, so sudden, so. In the congregation, in that moment when the hand claps and showering, the crowd, then crowded in the room, and the sweat eats away at the talc, a body finds itself in the gap and this dance that lifts a big clumsy man to his feet makes him turn, makes him jump, makes him holler, everything, louder and louder, everything. And here in this chapel, the world is held in the cradle of a song and for this one moment he knows how to walk, how to ride through the world, how to stop time and how stop time is the music of our resistance. And the song in the healing of all pain. Stop time, there's a praise God in the gap. Stop time, there's a hmm in the gap. Stop time, there's a Jesus in the gap. Stop time, there's a yes sir in the gap. Stop time, there's a hmm in the gap. Man. Clean-headed men, men who sit in that easy sprawl of ownership, loose pants, bundled fabric around the balls, jockeys so you see the print of their dicks that have walked through so many thick grassed fields, chopping as if that is all a dick is made to do. Men who have ritualized the sipping of brown liquor. Men who have turned food from chase, fool from chasing after fresh pussy. Men full of stories about being drunk, about how they piss themselves on the spot. Men who know the value of a woman who lays out his starched drilled pants and softly laundered cotton shirts. Men who slap Old Spice on their faces after a smooth shave. Men who shake their heads and say, you don't know nothing about what I've seen, what I've done, what I've been through. Men who know that they are always doing better than their sons of bitches' fathers who were bums, who drowned drunk in Mississippi, who gave them nothing but a fat thigh and a big nose and that hint of evil and shine in the hair. Men Men not scared of death but scared of dying. Men with arms still stone hard, fists black knuckled with scars. Men who will take you out if you try. Men who know where they, their pistol lies at all times. These men in their fedoras, their polished shoes, their floor shines burnished with patience. The layers of kiwi, the soft wet 
cloth, the waterproofing, blackening, the whip of a dry rag, the smiling gleaming of the toe, the smooth manliness of the sides, the quick dab of black over the scuffs, their Oxford socks, their gold chain, their lucky stripes, their clicking lighter, their allowance, their twenty in the wallet and a five in the shoe, their permission to be hard, cold, tough, to be just men alone, sitting on the stoop talking trash and feeling good. These are the men we are talking about. These are the men we learn to loathe. These are the men whose sins are legion. These are the men who kneel at the altar. These are the men who count the collection. These are the men who guard the Lord. These are the deacon men, lately saved. These fathers of many, these silent keepers of secrets. These are the men we praise. <clears throat> Thank you. Those are my, for my South Carolina brothers. Yeah. Two plants. His father and his two sons. Two plants. I plant these two seeds among the thickets of plants whose names I do not know. I dig quick and hard, turn the soil, twisting pink worms, purpling on their top sides, dance in my handful of dark loam, so rich, so damp, so worn. I plow, I level, then plow again, picking out stones, lumps of cement, old spoons, rusted cans, and caked up pieces of paper. I plant these seeds, despite the crowding of vegetation, whose names I don't know. I wait for rain, wait for light to break through the shadowing trees, wait for a hint, for pale rubbery green shoots, for the promise of life, something that has shaped my days on the farm, my days on somebody else's land, my days counting the weeks, the months before harvest, before this back-breaking labor for the man. One plant breaks out loud, boisterous first, but crippled. It limps along, always struggling to live, always ugly, always loyal to the soil. It is the broken creature just living, just living in the yard. The second breaks soil fully made, grows stiff backed upwards, asks for nothing and gets everything, pleads for nothing, gets blessings. This diabolic plant has forgotten the touch of my fingers, scratching the soil to make a bed. This too is my seed. They will poison me before I understand them before I understand me in them. And so this, these poems, the next sequence will be a series of poems from a woman's point of view. And there's a character in Fences, these are mainly Fences poems, although some are from other plays, uh, called Rose. And Rose is Troy's wife. Uh, Great character, but this is in her voice. Before you. And there's a line, Troy comes home and tells Rose that he's, he's having an affair and he loves this other woman. And Rose's answer to him is, well, you know, it's nice of you to tell me, um, but do you think I never wanted to do this too? You know, do you think it was something that I didn't desire to do? But I, I, I stopped myself from doing it. 
and she briefly reminds him of his past. In the play, they don't get into it. So in this poem, I decided to, to just, just let Rose keep talking. So, so, so here we go. One, yes, we were country, lived in shotgun shacks where the road loses its way to dirt and live oaks and all along the way, ancient cypress. But we played deep in the swamp where where Collins built his still and made sweet peach moonshine. Oh, that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> we don't need this now. Why are you calling me? Excuse me. Are we good? All right, let's, let me start again. I'm interrupting myself. All right. Yes, we were country, lived in the shotgun shacks where the road loses its way to dirt and live oaks and all along the way, ancient cypresses. But we would play deep in the swamp where Collins built his still and made sweet peach moonshine. That is where we made stories to cherish in our hearts, a place to reach for something warm, something to make a woman remember the blood rush in the head, singing and doing the shake and stump to the blues. There in the bush where she was that pretty thing, her eyes soft with kneading, her mouth full of lies. Yes, we was country, but even a country girl knows the power of her coochie, how it could wake her without mercy late at night because of the sweet mystery of a dream, because of the scent of burning tobacco in the air, the taste of man, country. But I learned the calming of liquor, how all haste leaves the head, how big laughter can rise off the skin like mist at dawn. Country, but I was a fine believer in the power of my waistline, the bone-shifting sweetness of nights of blue air and juke joint where you let go all cares. Three, before you, man, I didn't join no church. Before you, man, Bessie Smith was my girl. Before you, man, used to wear my skirt hitched up high around my thighs and used to twirl, show off my hairy legs so men could think of all that hair climbing up my thighs. Before you, I told God to just wink for a minute while I learned the soft size of women. Before you, man, there were no fences, no gates, just a wide road. Before you I used to swear like a whore and dance all wild and loose so don't think I have forgotten despite my new self this good holy Christian for and before you man I traveled Lord, I traveled every town from Mississippi to Pennsylvania was a shelter and I found a place to revel in the freedom and glorious regalia of a queen girl wearing silk and satin and shoes so pretty they became a drug. Before you, man, people called me Passion or Fast Rose or Magdalene who ain't any better than any hard dancing girl. I made men weep for their mamas, made bad women soft so they wanted to call me best friend for life, sweet sister, and be my mother hens. Before you, I could run, man. But now you've taught this fast girl to take it slow. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, 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 thanks. <laughs> All right. All right, another, another Rose poem 
called man smell. Close to the bullpen, where the dust hangs in the chill air, if you take a deep breath, and if you know what you're smelling for, you can smell man. That man smell thick with promise. The man funk floating up from the shadows like the sweet blue scent before storms. That man smell that leads from the caverns under the bleachers, walls thick as bunkers, dark corridors where no woman goes except that woman, Clarice, who has been sweeping and mopping the leavings of men so long she can't even appreciate that man smell like a ripe woman like me does. I come here when the earth starts to turn green and soft, and dog crap lines the paths and the flowers jump out at you at every corner and the graveyards are crowded with the winter dead and people crowd for warmth and joy good negro folks so full of excitement about pitchers and hitters and the rusty scoreboards they forget everything else forget that they can't make ends meet they owe the shark and some Two-timing girl has wrecked their life. Me, I come to smell that man smell, that smell and crust, that bitter cologne and grease, that linseed oil and cheap liquor, that dry shell and spit, that smell like a farm, that smell like crops growing, the stink of man, that smell that makes my stomach heavy, turning, makes me hold my head up, hoping for a right breeze to turn the scent my way, that hint of piss and stale food, call it a stink, but it is a man's stink, and baseball, the bodies moving, men cussing, bats swinging, the laughter, the joy, the anger, the giddy children in us, that is the temple where we met, that is the scent keeping me tied up with you all these years. That is the joy I can still taste in my mouth if I let me. That is what makes me cry when I think of all the hurt you have put on me, man. <clears throat> Couple more poems. This piece is called Plot. Um, the fence is a big part of that play, obviously, so this is, a, this is a fence poem. And you'll see throughout all the poems, there's the metaphor of the fence, the encagement, and the, it's, you know, it's a, I'm just saying that it's a very sophisticated series of poems. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. All right, plot. A man must build a fence around life. A man is an ordinary thing, flesh and bones. A man screws his wife. There's love here. They make babies. These creatures crap, cry, grow, eat, can make a man smaller than he imagined. Love too. A man can collect on the misfortunes of his brother. That is the silence of God. If you sin once, you can smell the sulfur in the air. You see the glow of damnation in the eastern sky. 
and the train picks up speed. But night falls, then day arrives, and God has not arrived. You sin twice, and it slips down your throat like syrup. And you know that this need to laugh, this hunger for a woman's need, her need for your skin, for the force of your body, this lie tells every day of the gloom before you come. It is God's gift, the thing he knows you need for being a good man, a chipped and rusty man. But a there, but a there are worse than me, men. Sin three times and you don't know the meaning of words. You tell the open sky while you are walking some homeward, your body still tender from her greedy devouring, you say, this is a hymn of praise. Only the mighty could build bodies for such sweetness. A man wants to have the calm of home, the order of silences. A man wants obedient children and the grace of heaven to say, yes, this last bit of sweetness, this way your erections, each precious thing now, are not wasted in the death of disinterest. This rescuing of the last desire, the last memory of manhood, this too is God's gift. The plot will shatter order. The wife will know the truth. The mistress will grow pregnant. And the sons and daughters will lament the sins of their father. And this is the way a story is told. All we have are the quick sparks of laughter along the way. So <clears throat> I think I'll read one more poem and that should do it. Um, it has to be the right poem. I'm trying to find it. Give me one second. How this all worked out. Mm -hmm. Go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop time, eh? <laughs> okay. This is called Rose. <clears throat> if you walk far enough into the hills, far enough from the factory of smoke, far enough from the garbage dump, if you take a woman along those three full streets just where the village center can't be seen, and you stand under tree shade and look down to the rivers and the bridges where everything looks clean and the city is growing like somebody's feeding it hope, and the boats float across the surface of the river peaceful, if you take your woman so far from it all, you will first smell yourself Smell the sweet rot of garbage so thick around you. Most days you don't even know what it smells like. You will smell the trash in your skin and the cooking sweat under your armpits, the funk in your crutch, and you will know that though she agreed to come walking with you, she will smell you and nicely tell you where to get off. She won't say it, but she will show you that you are out of your league outclassed and that you are just a big-handed garbage man, a felon, a damned, 
a damned man and a has-been baseball player and you smell like crap so you say to her gruff with shame i know i smell like crap but it's the work i do i move crap it's what i do and if she looks you in the eye and says softly you don't smell like crap mister you smell like work like a man should and forgive me for being so bold but that is the sweetest smell this girl knows in the world you will feel to cry right there for this pretty woman this lady who could never seem more precious than she does now. And you will say to her, well, baby, all I can smell on you is pure roses, baby, sweet roses. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank All right. Thank you.